Hi, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. We often listen to music in a disconnected stream of different songs. The radio, playlists on shuffle, almost always on the go. Music barely ever gets our full attention. But it does on record time where we dive deep into some of the best albums ever recorded. So let's give a little time and our full minds over to Stan Getz and Joao Gilberto and their landmark collaboration, Getz Gilberto. And for those who like a liquid accompaniment to their active listening, we've paired this record, of course, with the iconic Brazilian cocktail, Caipirinhas. And you can too. <laughs> Certainly adequate. How are you, Pete? Ah, Tim, so good. <clears throat> so well. So yeah. great to be back. Yeah, it really is. We should touch briefly on uh, the different ways that people can keep in touch with us. Certainly on Twitter at Record Time Pod. Yep. <clears throat> at Facebook.com slash Record Time Podcast. And of course, if you have any thoughts on this album or any of the others that we've done, uh, you can give us a call, uh, as always, at 937 937- Pete Tim. Uh, we are here to discuss um, really a very special little piece of music, uh, a hidden gem, maybe. Uh, not so hidden, I guess. It was a hit. <clears throat> it was a pretty big hit. Started a craze, really. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that it gets nearly the attention that it deserves uh, from day to day uh, within the current landscape of music. Uh, gets Gilberto. Yep. Now, this record is the pinnacle as well as the start in, in a lot of ways of this sort of uh, bossa nova samba craze. Right. And um, I don't think, uh, were it not for a, a movie called Next Stop Wonderland, I would really know about this kind of music for some... Maybe by this time I would have found my way to it, but that movie was my entry into this you, yours came a little bit sooner i think right it did it's great that it got a second life like that and i think that 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 was probably the first time i'd heard a bunch of these recordings right but a bunch of these songs i already knew because they are part of the jazz standard repertoire right and so as a young in, uh student of jazz in college yeah um i heard and played a bunch a, a few of the songs in this record right. uh and <laughs> I have the book right here. Uh, <laughs> it is dog-eared is, and, and chewed up. And cover is gone, but but it is uh, going strong. Yeah, uh, dog-eared to death. That's right. And it is uh, so like it basically it, it contains five hundred or six hundred one pages that are the chord changes and melodies of various jazz standards. Wow. And it's the kind of thing that you can go to various websites today and get. Right. Um, and now these this, are... This predates the web, though, this book. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> it's called The Real Book. And you, it was pretty much a speakeasy book because none of the music has been cleared. Oh, So wow. this is a com- compilation of songs that are, as you can see, handwritten. Oh, yeah. That have been passed down. Oh, I don't think I noticed that when you just showed it to me before. They are, and they are, it's become like a sort of a famous font. You can get the font that is like The Real Book font. Um, wow. Uh, but it's somebody's, a few people's handwriting of all of these tunes that have been photocopied and bound 
and sold behind the counter at music stores. You're brave to talk about this on a recording <laughs> that's going to go out to the world. It's true. I, I, I disavow any knowledge of the real book. What is it? The real book? The real book. The real book. I, mean, I disavow like... any knowledge that I just clarified. But if anyone wants the PDF, just <laughs> 937PTIM. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it's av- all available on PDF. These are available for legitimate sale on the front counters of music stores now. Sure, yeah. But yeah, at the time, it was quite the speakeasy secret. Wow, that's um, a beautiful book. And these books, you, yeah, we would just bring, we'd buy in whatever key our instrument was in, and we'd take them to class, and we'd bang through various standards. So uh, I've loved De Safinato. That song has been equally yeah. enchanting and baffling yep. for the last 30 years, and even just like playing it through for our show, yeah. I, I again exclaimed, this song is bananas. Yep. Uh, but we'll get to it. <clears throat> so... This this album has become part of the jazz repertory. Uh, repertoire, excuse me. Um, it is something that's part of the jazz standard set, the American Songbook, uh, Girl from Ipanema, of course. Well, I mean, w- we could spend, I think, half of this episode talking about Girl from Ipanema, and I almost feel like we should because yeah. I feel like I am on a campaign to recoolinate that song. I feel oh, like that it needs recoolinating. A tremendous bad rap as being a schmaltzy wedding band kind of, you know, like Ooh, lounge you. garbage. Oh my god! I, it wasn't my idea. I'm personally offended. I'm by sorry. All of you who, if anybody is agreeing with this point that Peter's making right now, which I've never heard before, good. I am shocked and appalled at all of you people. It is a song that is played by cheeseball uh, lounge bands. Fine. So Name, it has been dragged down by its uh, use. Lots of other songs can survive that. And this one does. Yes. And I like bringing it back to brass tacks, back to root, back to its roots, and say just listen to the song and the incredible painting and delightful surprise that this song is. Uh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that within the track to track. I'd yeah. like to stay a little bit more broad first because cool. uh, this, was, this album was your suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a jazz record in our first season. I wanted <laughs> that it. That was a goal. Under the wire. We, we talked gonna... about a few different ones. Yes, we, we landed on did. this one. I'm glad we did. I'm really glad that this is the introduction or like the, the gateway to jazz. Yes. You know, for anyone, who, you know, like who would be interested in having their world opened up to that. This is a great first step. Well, I was shocked. So, so, so the whole so, sort of samba bossa nova world that I was introduced to through this movie, Next Stop Wonderland, which I wholeheartedly recommend. Yeah. Um, not, uh, for many reasons, not least of which is uh, what's his name, um, the cameo from. Um, oh, he's, I've lost him. Three names unfortunately died of a heroin overdose. Um, oh, uh, Philip Seymour. Correct. <laughs> Thank you very much. His uh, amazing um, <laughs> cameo in the. Wow, earth. I didn't know he was in that. Oh yeah. I don't you're... know if I knew who he was at that time. No, you wouldn't have yeah. back then. No, it was pre. Um, I feel like he really jumped out in uh, Boogie- Scent of a Woman. Oh, and oh, Scent of a Woman. Yeah. I forgot. I was, for me, it was Boogie Nights is what I... Well, sure. Of, of course. Boogie I think that was the, maybe the first time I was aware of him was that. He, he, yeah. Well, anyway, he has a yep. very small, very hilarious, huh. uh, very well done part in this movie. Cool. But so that, that movie was my gateway for this kind of music, this Samba Bossa Nova stuff, which has become like, if I find myself with time... To just be at home with my family, this is the music that I that I go for first. Yeah, this to me is is the salve, the the balm, the um, just the, the the most pleasant kind of music you could possibly play. This samba bossa nova stuff, and I, you know, 
primarily met it through the soundtrack of that film and then just through sort of uh, finding various albums here and there. And for some reason, Gets Gilberto as an album, as an entity, almost all of these songs I knew, but I didn't know them from this. I knew them from that soundtrack and this compilation and whatever else. And I was very surprised once I started to leaf through this to see exactly how many astonishingly good tracks, you know, major players within this world of Samba Bossa Nova are actually on this particular album. It's, uh, it's, it's really stellar. It's, it's a little over 30 minutes, but it is hard for me to, and, and this is true of the entire genre. This is the one drawback of this genre of music for me is it's hard for me to sometimes even differentiate from song to song mm. because I just melt into this music mm-hmm. and it just will, it'll play. It'll yeah. play until it's done. And yeah. then I realize I need to start something else and I do and it goes and it just carries me through. And I feel like, I feel like the production values in this entire genre are remarkably consistent mm-hmm. from Sergio Mendez to, uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim to Getz Gilberto to uh, Tamba Trio and all these different bands that I love so much that exist in this world, they all just sit in this same little place where things are really nicely balanced and kind of melt together but are also really sharp and textured. And um, I just, I really, really love it. I'm so glad. Yeah. It is like this, it's a, it's a, at 30 minutes and it being so kind of stylistically consistent, it's like the perfect like Hershey bar. You know what I mean? It's yes. an exactly perfect morsel of music. We've talked before about album length and struggling with that and wondering sure. if it's just ADD or whatever, or just what we grew up with. You know, other people having grown up with five hour operas. <laughs> There's something about this song and this choice of songs that just, it is a perfect meal <laughs> yeah no question uh it's and it is so f- full of great performances and great textures i i think it's interesting that you say that yeah you it, you kind of blend meld into the music because even like literally today i was trying to listen to the song that we covered to make sure that like i had the progression right because it changes in the middle and yeah. i wanted to hear how that how that went <laughs> and i think i i listened to it four times before i was finally paying attention <laughs> enough because I immediately just like, whoo, yeah. off, off. Yeah, it just takes you away. Yeah, it does. And I have a theory. I have a, a partial theory on this because <clears throat> it is sung the entire album in Portuguese. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I really love about listening to, uh, for lack of a better phrase, foreign music in general, is when the lyrics are not in English... Uh, the the vocal performances, which garner so much of your attention so much of the time on any other kind of record, become just another instrument. Right. And um, I speak a decent amount of Spanish. Uh, this is Portuguese. There there are words that float past that I can grab onto. Uh, my favorite is, I think, in Disafinado, when he talks about the holly flex and the, right. and the photographia and you know, I'm like, oh, it's these little scenes I kind got of yep. drip in and out because I can catch words here and there. But by and large, I am disconnected from a narrative 
because obviously I don't understand the language. Right. But it does, 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 does in no way communicates less for that process. It just communicates differently. And it and it levels the playing field between all these instruments and the vocals. And and so often if a vocal is in English, I can listen to everything I want, but I am I am mostly hearing what is being said to me. Right. Right? To a, to a slightly unfair degree. And that all goes away with all this Brazilian samba, bossa nova, beautiful stuff, no matter who it is, and, and could not be more true of this particular album. So I think that's a piece of what takes you off track because you, you just float through it. You're a little out of focus. It's more abstract, more <clears throat> impressionistic, more yeah. basically core emotion-based. But there's still something really special about having that vocal in there. You still want it. Oh, yeah. That human touch. No question. And I feel like human touch is a really great um description of this album overall yes because it is very intimate and all it, of I, it is another album that surrounds your head and you feel like you can smell their perfume you feel like you're in the room with them you hear all the clicks of the saxophone you, know, you hear the creaking of chairs they are right there in front of you um and they they do so much with so little one of the things that you when you mentioned stylistic consistency like part of the bossa nova style is like being refrained, you know, mm-hmm. or like excuse me, refrained, uh, like contained, you know, yes. being yeah. and being maybe not a little subdued, but at least a more have more space in the arrangement and be doing less, make more with less. Yeah, and I find this album demonstrates that so beautifully. Most of the times the drums are just like him riding on the hi hat, yep. just like keeping yep. the groove down that yep. way, and the piano kind of comes in, yeah, and the sax has a solo and it's a tasty solo, but it it is exactly the sort of length that it needs to be to to play that part to, to serve the song and to serve the mood. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's it is. A, <clears throat> there's a great feeling when you uh, are in a really wonderful social circumstance and you're having a great conversation with a, a really good group of people and you're, you're just really sort of surrendering to that conversation and uh, perhaps you're enjoying some caipirinhas or <laughs> some such and uh, someone else enters the conversation either uh, physically that you didn't realize was there or brings in a good point and you're like, oh, oh my goodness, things have gotten even better now. And that's how I feel when uh, another saxophone comes in or another guitar comes in. I feel like I feel like there's been this beautiful structure and I don't need anything else. But yeah. to, to your point of like how intimate these recordings are, the saxophone comes in and it's, oh, you're right next to yeah, me. Oh my like, goodness, <gasps> this is... This is even more wonderful. Like it's just—it's <laughs> like an ocean breeze. It's a warm ocean breeze. This whole it album, really you get is. a nice little gust, and then the cloud—the beautiful pink cloud—comes rolling into the sunset, and it's just like, oh, this moment just got better. Yeah, yeah. This is vacation. This is staycation music. It really is for it sure. Is transportive immediately. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was really happy to listen to this so much as I did recently. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the recent mini episode we did, uh, which kind of was a nice segue into this. Very nice. It, uh, the 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 sort of cover of uh, sending the clowns. Um, I talked about uh, luxuriamusic.com, yeah. and that's a great source for this kind of uh, samba bossa nova type stuff as well. So another plug for for that streaming station, as we are want to do. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, bossa nova. Think about this. It was only like five years old as a genre, and right. jazz was waning in popularity, and rock and roll was coming in, and they said we need a new thing. And right. So they looked cast a net around the world. <laughs> well, and, and the story was told in somewhere in the research that I did of Tony Bennett yeah. and, and his bassist going down and 
and picking up some of these albums and bringing them back and, and playing them for Stan Getz, who was like, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I like me, that. I like that. And I loved, you know, we've talked, some of our uh, the albums that we've chosen, which, you know, we should mention, I guess, we're just trying to choose albums that we feel like have a lot to chew on. We don't really know, uh, at least I don't have huge backgrounds on these albums, whether I like them and have spent a lot of time with them or not. I don't really, uh, except for this show, get in, dig into the production and, what you know, the stories behind the albums until you and I have decided to, to do that. Yeah. And um, finding out about this album, the the production stories about how Getz and Gilberto did not get along. Love it. Uh, and how the translation. Did you read that story about the translation? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget who, which direction it was, but uh, Getz basically said something like, um, you, you know, "No, no, it was Gilberto saying, I'm sick of this idiot.' Yes. And then you know, Getz is like, "What did he say?" And he said, uh, "It's a great honor to be playing with you." <laughs> Uh, and thank God for people who were uh, able to just sort of sacrifice honesty for uh, the sake of art. And the two uh, continued. For a moment or two. You I know? guess it worked because they made other albums together. They did. Uh, they did. But this this is really lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And it came at the perfect time, and it did create a craze uh, in the United States. And I and it is like it's a it's another kind of blend between this Brazilian bossa nova music and and. American jazz. There's definitely yeah. American jazz touches to it. Yeah. When it gets into, we'll talk about some of the specific songs. Um, like for the most part, they keep that Boston Nova feel, but then you kind of feel the swing kind of come in. Well, I really liked uh, one of the descriptions I had. I, I read somewhere was that uh, jazz swings and Boston Nova sways. Oh, okay. Uh, because it is a gentler um, sort of caress to the rhythms um it's similar rhythms to blues it's similar rhythms to jazz um but it is but it is sort of separate and a little bit more gentle and a little bit more breezy uh and i really liked that description yep i agree with that yeah i see where that comes from yeah i mean it's hard to describe what swing is (laughs) right (laughs) you know and and it's hard yeah dancing about architecture and all that (laughs) um but uh jazz and Bossa Nova is its own genre. It's like a, a weird author that you're not used to reading, yeah. um, that you have to take some time and get into the style. But it's just an infinite universe. Boy, it didn't take me much time. I mean, it may, uh, if you have sensibilities that are shaped sharply around this genre or that, then perhaps that would be the case. But for me, it was just like, oh my God, wh- I need so much more of this. I need this on all the time yes. uh, and and it really is it's it's uh you know there's a big brazilian jazz playlist on my you know itunes library and when we have a saturday morning or when we have a sunday morning and uh the, you know there's nothing kind of on the docket and we've got some time to stretch out and brew a really nice cup of coffee or a pot of coffee and um you know make a little brunch and whatever this is the this is the music of choice over at uh, at my household. All right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, for all those reasons. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Are we ready for track? I think maybe we are. By because track. Because we need to spend a lot of time on track one. We do. Girl from Ipanema. There's probably not too many people listening to this. If you have any interest in a music podcast, you've, you know that song. You have a relationship with this song. 
uh, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think we should start with the fact that it's Astrid Gilberto's debut. That Incredible. She never, that she never sang professionally before creating this impossible track. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of really gorgeous, co- really interesting, compelling, adventurous... <coughs> delightful covers of Girl from Ipanema. Um, but none of them... I, I'm not even sure if you stacked up the quality of all of them, which I think many are quite high, that it would reach the heights that this particular song does in my uh, estimation. It is... Yeah, without equal in a lot of ways. Uh, and I think that's what made it so much of a... what became a cliche for a certain kind of music because... It's the the curse of popularity, right? And the curse of success, because this song is so beautiful. It has a, such a it's a has a great structure. So it's a standard jazz structure. If you have like a phrase and then you repeat it, mm-hmm. and there's like a middle eight, which is different, and then you go back to repeat the first phrase again. Mm-hmm. Pretty common structure. So it's A A B A. The A section of the song is like this wonderful, bright optimistic kind of bubbly yeah um not silly but it's like slightly sassy yes um depiction of this girl yeah woman girl yeah. preview name okay yeah yeah and then the middle eight comes <laughs> and it turns darker yeah and more complex and the clouds roll in Mm-hmm. And it takes these beautiful turns. The bridge is so beautifully composed. It's really hard to talk about the the bits of jazz theory uh, that are put to this composition. Um, I wish you would, though. Okay. Try to find your way through it. So I want to know. You know, rock harmony is different than jazz harmony and that jazz harmony tends to have like more colors in each chord. So a chord is a few notes being played together, right? Yeah. So, you know, E chord is just E, G sharp and B, right? Yep. All right. So there's your E. There's three different notes yep. in there. Yep. And they have ways to move up and around and down and around each other to kind of create nice chords like the every song that you're used to hearing on a, on a rock record. Yeah. Jazz, they like to throw other notes on top of that. Oh, so it's not bastards. primary colors. Yep. It's more secondary colors and textures and that sort of thing. And all those different notes end up having a, creating so much different kind of like flavor and color ability. Um, but it is a, a genre. It's like reading... I don't know, like uh, Henry James, when you're used to reading Hemingway, you yeah, know, you're just yeah. like, shut the fuck up and get on with it. Yeah. Um, you this know, this is the joke about the notes that you don't hear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, but when you have access to those notes and when you use those notes, you can create a lot more emotional depth. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of jazz goes, gets too weird. And a lot of it's, you know, really the kind of cacophonous stuff. I appreciate it as a means of personal expression, but it's right. not the kind of jazz that I like as much as the kind of like really tasty note choices and really tasty solo runs and, yeah. and, and the right kind of just the right feel at just the right number of notes at just the right time. Yeah. I feel like uh girl from Ipanema and much of the jazz that I love, uh, to, to listen to over and over and over keeps all that subtlety and um, intricacy wrapped in a package that is um, sort of 
presentable is not the right accessible word. Is accessible the word that yeah that it, that it still um supports it that it presents it on a stage rather than just in you know the ether yeah right so let me give an example if i can with just the beginning of it girl from Ipanema. so uh, this is the you know the first chord um if it was played in a rock song you know yeah. it's just three notes da, 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 the melody would be right here yeah. um but Girl from Ipanema uses a more complex version of that. And the note of the melody is not one of the main notes. Right. It's somewhere else. So it kind of yeah. floats up there. A little it's slightly more, it's very optimistic, but yeah. also a little non-committal, kind of floating <laughs> over the top. It's not rooted as much as a rock chord. Right. It's sort of has this tension of floating and then you know you part of using those notes is allowing them to carry over from one to the next and the joy and the complexity and surprise that you can get out of that in this case the way it carry reframing yeah same notes different chord underneath it feels different same note but it's more Strong. Yeah. The first one is a little bit more noncommittal. It hasn't yeah, settled totally. yet. Still hasn't settled. Now I'm more right. sure of myself. But then it kind of comes around back to the beginning. And questions itself. Yeah. Yeah. And then the bridge, I don't remember all the chords in the middle, but that. Yeah. They, they're, the changes are subtle. It's not strident the way that the verses are. It's a right. lot slipperier. Right. And I feel like even though I don't know the words, what I'm what I'm left with at the end of this song is a, what I feel like is kind of a complete poem that paints a full picture of a person yeah. as opposed to just some tart on the beach. You know, well, the yeah. middle eight is the turn in the poem right. that creates the new well, insight. And, and the music supports what I feel like the story is, which is this person that simultaneously garners everybody's attention and yet remains isolated because yes. of that. Right. right. Feeling alone. Everybody wants her, but no one has her. And there's and there there is the suggestion musically and lyrically. Uh, I can't pinpoint it right now, but I'm confident of this that she's comfortable with that, right? That she doesn't care. She smiles straight ahead. Yeah, not at me. And and right and and she knows it. Yeah. And and maybe even enjoys it, but she's still alone. And there's a there's a melancholy of observing this person who has all that attention and uh, yet remains alone that is expressed so beautifully in the lyrics and in the music. Yep. Uh, and, and it's just a, a perfect, perfect piece. It's I, just I, a powerhouse. Yeah. I mean, it's a powerhouse pop song in a way. It's a pop song of its day. It's like the perfect encapsul encapsulation right. musical right. Uh, in three and a half minutes. Yeah. And it's, the, it's a, it's a, it's a great hook and it has a great variation. And then it, it, it's kind of stays close to home. It's a simple, structure it's a simple accessible piece and let's not forget the 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 core well one of the core things of this is the lyric and when she passes each one she passes goes ah <laughs> that's about as cool as you could ever ask a lyric to be yeah. like that's dope as fuck yeah i mean that is hilarious and sweet and funny, I, I, mean, I mean, it's just, it's everything you could ask for from a song. It paints a perfect image. Yeah. You see it. 
You tell uh, the story in your head. <laughs> uh, it's great. Yeah, I couldn't love this song more. Yeah, I and Stan gets this piece more. Plays and a she great never solo. sang anything before. She what never the hell? did. I know. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. And she has the right kind of restraint in her voice, too. Yep. And I feel like it's really easy to want to sink too much into each thing. Right. But part of the what makes this music so beautiful is that restraint. That was right. the word I was looking for earlier. Yes, restraint. exactly. Uh, and kind of temperance in the way that you play it and that it's you're not supposed to be in your face. You're supposed to be stepped back. And, you know, we could talk about uh, uh, saxophone solos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's ever been a better one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Probably, but maybe not. Right. It's uh, perfect. It really exists in the song and, and supports the song in a perfect way. Is it the most technically impressive saxophone solo ever? Obviously not. Yeah. But does it match the song that is hosting it as well as anything that's ever been done? As well as any solo from any instrument you'd care to choose. I think it's probably up there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, and I, I don't know. I don't have like true jazz bona fides. Like I've played jazz on the piano for a long time, but yeah. I'm not like uh, Matt Damon from Talented Mr. Ripley saying like, oh, that's Sonny Rollins playing. You know, like right, I, right, I, could, right. I could hear a trumpet be like, I bet that's Miles Davis. Yes. I could hear a piano and be like, oh, that's, you know, Bill Evans or, or Brubeck, but right. pretty narrow. Yeah. Um, I really come at this more as an in awe enthusiast more than anything else as a player who yeah. aspires to the level of fucking cool. Yeah. That every second of this album is it oozes with. Yeah. And when we talk about how hard it is to get a performance on record and how the recording process sucks 90% of the life yeah. out of a musical performance, yeah. this keeps all of it. Every ounce. Unless whatever was actually recorded is somehow 10 times better than this, in which case I probably would have just laid down and died. <laughs> We're not ready I, for it. Yeah, just not, not capable of processing that kind of musical quality. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a challenge to go track by track because, as I said, you know, Girl from Ipanema is an iconic song, and, and there are more. Desafinado is an iconic oh, song. Oh, Corcovado. Corcovado is an iconic song. Um, and is that the, are those the three... Well, here's the thing I'll say about this album, and we can decide how we want to take it yeah. song by song. But in a lot of ways, this is a pop album in that there are anchor tracks. Yep. And that there are none of these would, would ever come close to the association of the word filler. Right. But they're like fun songs. They're yeah. lighter compositions, shall we say. Ding, 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 okay. ding, 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 You know, it's a, it's a pop song. Right. I, I, I'm... I don't know enough to... I, I totally take your word for that. I'm assuming that I identify with those three that we mentioned because I've heard them on compilation after compilation. And I haven't heard the other ones on compilation after compilation. But I can't sit here... I feel like I would be able to, if this was a rock album or some other kind of album, be able to speak to the complexity of this song versus that with much more ease. Right. But I just have trouble separating the, the the qualities of these sure. they all sound like just different levels of gorgeousness that perfect versions together. of what yeah, they are exactly yeah yes. it feels like what it feels like a symphony almost that yeah. just progresses not in in the way that symphonies have you know musical expressions that they sort of establish and develop and return to that's not what's happening on this album i know that much but 
uh, it just feels like one long piece of music to me. So it's, a lot, yeah. yeah, I get it. I, I certainly would recommend for anybody who's gotten this far into this episode who hasn't heard this album yet. Uh, we've heard from a lot of friends who, who you know, some play, some hear what we're going to do. They go listen to the album, then they listen to our episode or yeah. vice versa, whatever. Uh, I do think you should stop right now and listen to at least Girl from Ipanema. Yeah. And and we will wait. Uh, uh, and then and then you know you can you can return to us. Uh, obviously, we can just pause. But uh, that song towers. It just towers. And it, so Doralice. Let's pronounce it correctly. Doralice. So maybe like I. First of all, who am I to lend any critical lens to any of these songs? Uh, I am just you're, a you're humble. You're one of the co-hosts of Record Time. I know it's true, but yet I am a <laughs> humble Padawan when you know when this music hits my ears. Right. So Dora Liche is in no way sort of a simple throwaway. What I only meant to say is yeah. that uh, I feel like an, there are lighter compositions and there are heavier compositions, and Desifonado is I feel like an in, intentionally more complex work yeah. than Dora Liche. Yeah. Uh, you know, to put it in the like. Dora Liche is Help Me from Court and Spark, and Desifonado is fucking Car on a Hill, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dora Liche, we just listened to a couple of quick uh, uh, measures of it, just to refresh my poor musical memory, and it feels like I'm being uh, shown around a uh, delightful new beach house that somebody bought. You oh, know? nice. Like, yeah. It's just like, uh, it, it, it's fun and comforting and... Um, you know, this is not music where you go for soul searching. This is uh, in general, right? This is this bossa nova samba stuff. Is is um, it's like comfort food and an escape. Yeah, I really feel like it's, it teleports you. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're not trying to work out the problems of your own psyche or or the disappointments of your youth or any of those types of things that we can often get wrapped up in, that I can often get wrapped up in, uh, within music. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a place of comfort and joy and relaxation. It's like a, um, you know what it's kind of like this Samba Bossa Nova stuff. I don't know if you've ever, I think you have, gone to a sensory deprivation tank oh no and uh floated i have not floated you haven't tried that yet you got it there's a place near my house not far from my house yeah um about as far uh from my house as you are in the other direction Mm -hmm. Uh, and and no i know exactly where it is yeah i have their brochure yeah you should go yeah um i floated and i remember being so um disengaged from my body that I, I heard something happening. I, I heard a sound and I couldn't figure out what the sound was. And then I realized it was quiet enough in that tank and I was still enough and there was no input, sensory input of any kind to the degree that I realized I was hearing, I was hearing, Peter, mm. my eyes move from side to side. It was that still. And that quiet and that relaxing. And I I swear to God, I feel like this Samba Bossa Nova stuff, this Gets Gilberto album and many others uh, from the genre, um, they don't make me that relaxed, but they are in that same sort of realm of just like anxiety reduction, 
concern reduction. No, I'm not worried about lyrics. I'm not worried about politics. I'm not worried about any of these things. This is just handing me a license to be happy about this world that we have been given, mm. that we share, that we can just enjoy these rhythms and these melodies and kick back a little bit. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. It is an absolute gift. Woo. Yeah, it, it, something occurred to me when you mentioned the float tank and being able to hear your eyes that happened today as I was listening to this record again Ooh. on my way home all on right. the subway and I was listening with earbuds in. And again, I've, I try to listen to all the records in various different yes. uh, environments to kind of imagine how different people might hear it yeah. in today's environment. So like listening on the subway is one. Yeah. Uh, and plus, I just wanted to refresh it. And I was listening to Girl from Ipanema and I heard, the, I heard this part that I hadn't heard before. I was like, oh, psh, wow. psh, psh, Wow. That went along with the like a block, yeah. And I was like, "Wait a minute, there's another instrument in there I've never heard." It. And I pressed the earbud in, yeah, and it went away. And I'm like, "Huh?" Oh. I pulled it out, pressed it in, went away. Whoa! The dude next to me had these really leaky headphones on, playing some hip hop track. <laughs> That stayed in sync with Girl from Ipanema for like a two solid minutes. <laughs> and it sounded awesome. It was like a mashup. Whoa. Yeah. And it That's was great. That has never happened to me in the wild before. I've always wanted it to. Right. Oh, that reminds me of when it's so frustrating when the you're sitting at a stoplight and your turn signal will not sync up with the oh! car in front of you. <laughs> I always know when it does every single time. It's just like, those... oh, it's yeah. there. It's, it's there. there. Oh, it's gone. Oh. Oh. Out of phase. Get it'll drive, be back. Please. It'll be back. It'll be back. Change I hear the it. light. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, I, I had a moment. I don't, He didn't have a moment with me because he couldn't hear what I was doing, but <laughs> I was really grateful for that. Sorry, digression. No, that's great. So, yeah, what to say about Doralicha? You're being shown around the beach house. It just feels like, yeah, this little, like... Come in and forget your cares. Leave your baggage exactly. at the door. Let us put on exactly. our white, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm flowy shirts. In. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> put on your flip flops. Yeah, uh, put on your linen shirt. Yes, uh, roll those sleeves up to the elbow. You can, mm. you can maybe uh, keep a couple of ones on you to tip various uh, towel here and there, right? Towel people, whoever yeah. it might be. Um, you know, I've had very few experiences like that in my life, but yeah, uh, they are lovely. And and if I count this music, then I've had them all the time. Yeah. So then after Doralice is para machuchar, meu corazao. Forgive me if I mispronounce that. I certainly will. I don't know if everybody listening will. Uh, I certainly hope so. Track three. Let's call it track three. Let's uh, listen. Just let's to listen to a very brief moment of it. It is more of a ballad. Uh, and this is what I would, but it's also a really interesting composition. I'm going to take a sl one small little digression back into jazz theory really quick. So rock harmony. I'm going to make you hold that again. Yeah, please. Rock harmony is very much about kind of staying really close to that, you know, like tension, tension, resolution. Yeah. Go away from home, back from home, back yeah. from home, back from home. It's constantly home. rewarding you. Yeah, on a really kind of more visceral yes. level. Yeah. Um, jazz and Paramachuchar being a wonderful example of yeah. is the... 
introduce those other notes and those other sort of chromatic elements and those different textures that allow you to take interesting left turns with the different chords that you use keep you away from home longer mm. and keep you more in a sort of sustained uh um uncertain yeah. sort of drifty state yeah and i feel like that the use of that kind of harmony with the, these kind of like rhythms and mm. everything and that vibe really lends itself to that feeling of beach housey like yeah. warm summer breeze because you what you you don't really land you kind of go around and there's another little turn and then you you do land but then you so settle well isn't it, that it's the not feeling? like a hard landing like a bound 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 it's Mm, like an approach. I mean, you're literally describing vacation. <laughs> yeah. You're describing the difference between day-to-day -day life and vacation. Yep. I mean, rock and roll is day-to-day -day life, and yeah. sometimes I need a little bit of rock and roll to keep me going through day-to-day -day life. I, it's been that way for me since high school. I was the guy who walked around the halls all the time with headphones on. Yeah. And uh, I'm still kind of that guy. Oh, my gosh. And this is just... Yo, Beam on the piano. Let's talk about his beautiful playing. Sorry to oh, interrupt. Man, no, please. Yeah. The phrasing, the vocals, the, the, the space that the vocals take, it doesn't feel like they're constrained to any rules. It is. It's just vacation. Everything about this album just is a vacation for your mind. <laughs> this song is particularly fun from a theoretical perspective because like tell me you think you're gonna go home and then he's like nope not going home yet right we're not gonna give you that resolution that you want to kind of end the, the phrase yeah. I'm gonna get you where I think you're gonna go I'm gonna take you there you think I'm gonna take you there and then I'm gonna kind of misdirect and then the piano accents that it's, comes in afterwards and yeah. supports that yep. but it's all led by those vocals yes and it's all it's all sort of uh, sustained by that rhythm by that sort of percussion which is, it's not even a kit, it's just percussion, right? I mean, it's a kit. I mean, it is a kit, technically, course, but, like, but even but right now, he's not playing anything but the hi-hat. That's what I'm saying. It, it comes across as percussion. Oh, he's got a brush in his other hand he's playing, too. But there's no kick drum. Right. It really is just a metronome in a lot of ways. Right. It's certainly not snare hat, snare hat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So the, there you go. Vacation again and again. Yeah. But th this is a, a song that's a wonderful illustration of that. Those sort of concepts of jazz harmony and the surprise right. that it can create. Uh, it, but it, I can appreciate how it how the, there's the workaday mindset where you're going, 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 task, 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 task. And there's yeah. the vacation mindset that some, usually takes a few days. Yeah. If, to settle into. To get into maybe even a to week. To be comfortable with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that you can put everything down and get Unless out of Unless you're one of these people who vacations, and I don't mean to say one of these people in a pejorative way, uh, many people love to vacation. This one way. of the you people. Well, right. One of, one of I, I think you and, and Z sometimes are that kind of, who plan a lot of activities for those vacation trips. I mean, that's trips. my whole, that's my job. Right, depending <laughs> on the trip. So, and, and we can be that way too, but I think, uh, you know, like we, we spend a week uh, on the, we're lucky enough to spend a week on the Cape uh, every summer and mm. sometimes that can be a mindset that takes us a day or two to shift into of yeah. like because we don't re we do it with a bunch of different families and it, the Cape Cod is one of my favorite places on earth and this is a big group that we were with there's 10 fam uh, 10 adults and uh, now seven kids eight kids I can't even remember right now mm. so it's a massive group and we're all in one house and we don't plan any 
thing. We have sort of standard things that we do. We head to a beach, probably this beach, maybe that beach, whatever. And the timing is kind of different because the kids range in age from, you know, uh, close to 10 on down to like two. Mm. Um, so there's a wide range of needs and desires that have to be kind of dealt with. And so it can take a little while to shift into our sort of cape mindset. Um, and, and sometimes it's hard because we're like, what are we doing? We, we should be doing something by now. Oh my gosh, our vacation is, has started. What, what do we need to do? And, and it takes a little bit to remember, like, let's just let the week kind of dictate itself. Yes. And like, let's see what sort of bubbles up and, and let's commit to that kind of thing. And this music feels like a reminder of how to do that. And it, and it really coaxes you along yep. into that. Yep. But we're about to enter after these two sort of more uh, frivolous, perhaps, uh, tracks of Doralice and, uh, and what is it? Para machucar? Para machucar meu coração. Yeah, I don't speak Portuguese, sorry. Nor do I. Uh, I'm guessing as best as I possibly can. Yeah. With deep apologies to those who know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, then we go into this power-packed pair of Disaffinado and Corcovado, and oh, I'm going to have to defer to M-G. you because while I am sort of innately aware of their power and their quality, I can't put words to them, and I suspect that you can, and I look forward to hearing it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, both of them, I, I have to take them separately. They're Please. wonderfully sequenced, yep. and they I feel like are that and Girl From Ipanema, like the three monster tracks in this mm-hmm. album, the ones that are the absolute standouts that like everybody should know, and it makes sense that the three of them are here in the real book. Right. Desifonado, in both Corcovado and Desifonado, they're dark. They're mysterious. Yes. Um, they. They they cast a mood a mood bubble immediately. Corcovado especially. There's something. We'll, we'll just take them one at a time. Desifonado is, and I have it the very dog-eared page. I can open the book to it. It's one of the songs that I practiced a lot. Um, I played it more recently with the jazz band at, the, at work where I am because nice. we're a bunch of nerds and have a jazz band at the office. <laughs> um, uh, preparing for this show, playing with other friends, like it's a song that I love to come back to again and again because it has so many mysteries in it. Yeah. Um, just in the way the it's structured, it's got a really weird phrasing. It starts really more or less straightforward again it has that wonderful jazz harmony thing of throwing these like little weird chromatic notes in there mm-hmm. love is like an ever changing melody the desafonado means slightly out of tune does it yeah huh. and so he's playing with that with the, his melodic choices like the one note Da-na-na. samba yeah, right? yeah 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 it's a musical joke yeah um, I do, I'm not sure I realize that. Mm. I do. I do recognize how much the melody pulls your ear along through the song, mm-hmm. uh, more so than most tracks. Yeah, it's just not a thing that you get in like pop or rock music. Right. Being playful in that way. Yeah. With those note choices, because the note choices are specifically out. It's pretty and a nerdy. little bit. It's wicked nerdy, but it's also very affectionate and loving because it's sure. really, you know, my love is slightly out of tune. I'm. I, it's self-deprecating. It's self-deprecating. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. human. Yeah. Um, and it's deliberately human. But at the, 
and it, it starts very accessible in that sort of you think it's going to be that AABA structure of Girlfriend Ipanema where it's like, oh, I have a thing I know. I'm going to hear it again. Right. I'm going to go on a slight little diversion. Right. And then I'm going to come back yeah. to the familiar thing. Desafinado casts you off into <laughs> a turbulent sea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it takes that, care of you the whole time. It does. It does. Yeah. But it is also maybe turbulency isn't a fair thing because it doesn't get overly like tense or whatever. It right. still stays right. floating. But like your your tether to reality is at its smallest, skinniest little thing, and you're kind of tumbling about in free space looking for that tether to hold right. on to to reattach you to the right. ground this is that dreamy breezy type stuff that we've been talking about this whole time it's exemplified in this song yes and every time i've ever tried to play a solo over this song mm. i reach a point where i cannot find my tether wow and i i have to find my way back um and it, it does that settle was you heartbreaking <laughs> <laughs> But it's really just a moment of spontaneity where you're trying to f- construct the phrases and of a solo, and you you, it, it requires study, it requires time yeah. to really get your head around it and master the craft of grabbing that tether. It's always there, yeah. but you can't. You need to, the skills to have it and help the listener find it too. There's really, uh, you're reminding me that we just have not spoken nearly enough. Half we're halfway through the album at this point. And we've not spoken nearly enough about the absolute genius of Getz, Gilberto, uh, Jobim, and Estrude uh, as individuals, uh, as well as the other people who played on the yeah. album. Um, because they are strident heroes. Uh, you know, uh, they, so many musicians pale in comparison. And I'm not. I don't know that they have their due in any way, shape, or form in this sort of general zeitgeist of music. I mean, I think jazzers know well, all those. Certainly, names. yeah. But, but in the but general in the, zeitgeist, it's just too far in the past. And it's and it's perhaps too niche, or I don't know what. But they are as tight and impressive a, a set of musicians, and as lightning in a bottle a set of musicians as you could hope to find on a on a individual album on any album ever made right and and i feel like it is that way for its musical statement too so it's not just the collection of the performers but they're the kind of gestalt product that they create yeah stands apart yeah and i would bet this is on like top jazz albums of all time i mean i almost felt like i was swinging for the rafters a little bit too much with this record and you know maybe i should be more obscure or whatever but again Bonafides and all, I think it's more important to like. Well, you know, it's strange <laughs> because this is a, a, you know. I would bet it's like tops. I'm, I'm guessing it's an obscure album to most people who are listening to this, and most people who are listening to this are into albums. That is safe to say, but this also got. It was the first foreign record to get Grammy of the uh, record of the year. Yeah, Grammy. I mean, it's it's a decorated album. It is, and I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong. Give us a call. Tweet at us. Let me know. But I feel like more than any other album that we've done, this is going to be the one that people have not heard yet. I, I was guessing. Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because I'm not sure. Uh, I'm too Kyprenius in, but I'm not sure <laughs> if we've dealt with a more decorated album. Have we? This got... No, except for Thriller. Uh, thriller, certainly. But no, uh, otherwise, no. 
Not even awards not, for best jazz instrumental album, individual group, and best engineered recording, non-classical. It also became the first non-American album to win one for album of the year in 1965. It's recorded beautifully. It sounds great. So that's what one, two, three, four Grammys. Yeah, I mean, whatever. We're giving a lot of weight to Grammys, but besides Thriller, have any of our albums that we've dealt with had four Grammys? I don't know. I don't think so. Not after two Caprinias. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but that just gets to the wider cultural question of like, where do you hear this music? Yeah, this was a ver- This was a competition for pop radio at the time, right? Which I always love to marvel at. You listen to the stuff that you knew was like a top ten hit. Yeah. Sometimes Beatles. Yeah. I mean, this is height of Beatles. Yeah. It is. This is going up against <laughs> the Beatles. It's early British invasion. So, you know, maybe that's why it was sort of relegated uh, to some extent. Well, jazz is on its way out of the pop charts at that point anyway. I mean, again, jazz was pop before rock and roll came along. Right. In its various forms. Yep. I mean, it, it continued. standards. Yeah, it continued yeah. to develop and more, get more out there. But jazz records were in the top charts yep. and... Grammy Awards attention yep. well into the you know late 50s yep. and then by yeah by the early 60s as a style it became something remarkably different right but it waned in its prominence on the pop charts all the old comedy radio shows that I listened to I spend a weird amount of time listening to radio from the 40s oh I love it and you know all of those shows had a Kind of out of nowhere, musical interlude in the middle of the show. That had something like this. Yeah, that was like, do you know what it means to to miss miss New New Orleans? And, you know, those were the hits. Those were what what people wanted to hear. And the way they were introduced is like, oh, here they are. They're here to sing their big, big hit for all of you. It's the Milkmen or whatever the (laughs) hell it was, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, with a, a sassy, brassy female vocalist or whatever it might be. Brought to you by Kellogg's Pep P.E.P. <laughs> right? Brought to you by some cigarette or other. <laughs> yeah, right. Almost certainly. Chesterfield. Or a floor wax. <laughs> <laughs> and so, remember, yeah. don't forget to buy U.S. war bonds. <laughs> Help those kids in the field. And then, you know, uh, Marvin and his cousin Chuck Berry came along. Oh, and dear. <laughs> and, they, and ruined it for everybody. That's right. Uh, we'll ruin <laughs> this for everybody. But maybe, maybe that's a, a relief. Because maybe that's how these diamond albums of Getz Gilberto and uh, all of this Brazilian stuff. And, kind and, of blue, uh, blah, you know, like the, the, the what I would consider the heyday of jazz, the late 50s, early 60s. Right. Wow, right. maybe that's true. Maybe they had to be... It's like this Galapagos musical island. That formal nobody... enough and established enough. Right. To be able to... With a pedigree. Ha- but then kind of cut loose to just go nuts. Yeah, and and who and not worry about trying to sell, and not worry about trying to compete with the Beatles, because give me a break. Yeah. Uh, and, and just let themselves develop. Miles and Coltrane and all this stuff from that same... So uh, somewhere I was just reading, 59... 1959, they said it was this album, this this jazz, incredible, just unbelievable year of jazz records. Now, this is from a little bit later because yeah. this was an effort to revive what was established at that point. It was like kind of blue, uh, time out, giant steps. I, I know there was a Coltrane record, I think it was giant steps. Yeah, a lot of, lot of 
that was a big, 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 big time. Nineteen late that. late fifties, early sixties. But then again, I'm a, I'm a big big band lover as well. Right. But this is the people were used to this level of Giant Steps was sixty. Okay, so. all right. Yeah. People were used to this kind of music. This is what it was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. people. Charles Dickens like came to the United States, and it was like the Beatles landing in Washington D.C. You right. know, right? <laughs> Taste yeah. change. What people look for and seek out change. Yeah. Um, and you know, this really hit a wave. I mean, it really makes me. This makes me think of like Mad Men era. Totally. And. You know, and the sort of um, like go-go dancers and like kind of '60s kind of vibe, like this this sort of music's in there, and it it went and ended up informing pop music back again, you yeah. know, um, and uh, and rock made it its own, and then rock sounds kind of got back into jazz, and then you had like crazy fusion jazz or like bitches brew. It's interesting how it all kind of informed each other. Well, let's return to Corcovado. Corcovado. All right. So Desifonado, I know we went on another digression here, which is a perfect thing to do in Desifonado because Desifonado well, is of like... thing this happens with this album. Part digression. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how, it it's really is impossible to sum up Desifonado, but this is, for me, an all-time favorite song that I, I love and mm-hmm. I sing and was whistling it in the hallway today. Yep. And I love sinking my teeth into all those wonderful chromatic melodies. Um, I like... The performance of this song, because he sings through it once, there's a solo, and then they're done. You know, yeah. like, you don't have to go back to it. They right. know exactly what this song is. Right. And they're like, nope, this is the structure. This is what it is. And we're just going to kind of blow through it twice. They did it. And have that little dum, 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 a nice yeah. little outro at the end of that. So then Corcovado, Corcovado is, yeah, Quiet Nights and Quiet Stars. It's a little bit con- of a reset. The continu- Yeah, a little bit of a reset. You do need a little bit of a, a palate cleanser yep. after the murkiness of Desafonado. We return to uh, um, Estrude for the second song that she ever recorded. <laughs> <laughs> which is also impossible and perfect in every way, shape, and form. Like, I mean, how is that done? I just want to live in a virtual reality procedural world that's, like, informed by this song. Yeah. You know, and just, like, put me in there. And let me go to sleep with a helmet on that yeah. puts me in, in a bubble of this song. <laughs> Uh, I would sign up for that experience. <laughs> At least as an option. There are others, too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that one is in there. Please. Um. It's another really joyous song to play. Mm. The melody, the way that it sort of floats over the chords just feels great and lends itself to putting you into that mindset. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it is like this perfect cut diamond of everything about this record coaxes it into being what it is yeah. that we love. Yeah. The way it's written, the way it's performed, the arrangements and how the production, kind of, the, all of it. Yep. It's ultimate balance I don't know of any music that supports itself and uh, caters to its listener. Uh, maybe that's not fair. Caters to its listener. I'm not sure I will stand by that, actually. But <laughs> but uh, soothes the way this does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I love... There's something I love about her little introduction... Uh, before this song really falls into place. Uh, quiet nights and quiet stars, yeah. quiet chords on my guitar. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is, um, she is hosting you, you know? Right. 
She's setting the stage. She's saying, I will play for you. Now, I don't even... Did she play? I don't believe so. So it's just such a trick and so effective. Yeah. It, it's so beautiful. It just... I feel like sitting cross-legged with my hands folded in my lap, like, for story time. <laughs> I'm just so ready for it. And this is one of the tracks that you know, was part of that whole experience for me with Next Stop Wonderland, which, uh, you know, you could do worse than pausing this episode right now, watching that movie and returning to this episode. Yeah, it's a nice movie. It's a lovely little sort of treatise on relationships and uh, being true to yourself and searching for partnership. And I think it matches the music. I mean, I, I, I think they were, you know... I, I think it was a great choice to to use this kind of music to ex, to accent that story, um, because and it, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a real match. And it takes place in Boston, indeed, indeed, in Davis Square. That's right. Yeah. So Corcovado, it it's a continuation of the theme. It 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 is like the the breather. I mean, you know, where it's the think about it in terms of when it came out it was the first song on side two yep it's a reset it is a reset and it's a more intimate reset and to me it leads it the rest of the album is is quite literally in the wake of corcovado yeah um it is just i don't want that to have ended so i will be given these you know additional sort of homages almost that just extend the feeling of how good these last five songs have been. I can see this album being like 24 hours on the, in this beach house and yeah. side one is arrival in the heat of the day to Desafinado, which is like sun setting. Love it. Twilight, you know, the gloaming golden hour where things start to get a little murky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then Corcovado, the stars come out. Yep. And then the rest of side two is up all night at the beach house. Oh, even better. Can I suggest? <laughs> it's that feeling when you have, let's say a 1230 checkout and you're up in the morning and you've got a little bit of time left in the house. Oh, nice. But you are not really able to enjoy it because you're going to have to get going. Uh, not that you can't enjoy it, but the, in the back of your mind, you know, well, we've got to pack up and we've got to get going, but it is just so nice here. And that's Vivo Sonhando, the last song. And you are just clinging <laughs> to the last little just bit like, of time oh, that you have in this fantastic place where you just want to stay. But you know you're gonna go, and it's gonna be fine. You gotta go back home or whatever, and you've had a really good time. But yep. you're just trying to sort soak up that last morning. I almost feel like, or or even yes, ending that, please. Um, I've gone a bunch of times with my good friend Dell to New Orleans Jazz Fest. Yes, and more than once, I have taken the six a.m. flight out mm. on Sunday mm -hmm. or Monday after jazz fest is over mm -hmm. so we'd go to jazz fest the previous day and i would just go until i had to leave for the airport 
So Corcovado. Well, that sounds like a night with Dell. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> On, in New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Yeah. Where you really just time shift and you body shift and everything about you shifts for four straight days. I've never been to New Orleans. It's a great place. We should go I to Jazz to Fest. Go. I need to go. I mean, it, 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 there's no better way to see... I've been year. to Montreal Jazz, jazz Fest, but it's not New Orleans. It's a year's worth of music in every genre. It is the most just like nourishing and heart enriching yeah. and soul enriching yeah. musical experience I've ever had. I've you know taken a bunch of times uh, yeah. for that reason because yeah. it's like the bang for the buck and the just how amazingly good it all is. It's so easy to encapsulate. Over time, unfortunately, it used to be that it was like an easy you know perfect thing to do on the cheap. It's gotten more expensive over time. Right. Uh, but it still has that, like, just for bang for the buck, just in terms of soul fulfillment through mm. music. Ugh, there's nothing better. But those late nights, like, the, I feel like side two of this album feels like late night music. Mm. Yeah. Because I feel like that goes on to uh, uh, so, so Danzo Samba. So Danzo Samba. You're, you're up. It's like that's 2 a.m. You know, you're yep. starting to get a little loopy. Yep. Uh, you, it's going to be a long night, but you're in it. Yeah, I mean that is really a a <laughs> uh, just a single thought presented yeah. in this lovely, extended, um, indulgent way. So Danzo Samba is just like dance. It's a dance track. Yeah. Come on, get up and shake your booty. It, does it not mean uh, let's dance the samba? Let's go. Well, I think basically. it's jazz and samba. Jazz and samba. Yeah. Okay. I think Danzo, if that's how you pronounce that. So dance with some means jazz. Okay. Bye 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 bye. And then let's Ogrande, go. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Let's, let's go. go. Let's get let's up go. and dance. Let's go. And then Ogrande more. Obviously. Which again has you know more of a obviously romantic vibe. Play I me a, a little bit of that. Feel like it's very Put much that back in my head. Yep. 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 Here we go. Please. Are there any even lyrics to this? See, that's the thing is like you're so in it by this point. You are just drifted away and they are just taking you yeah. gently through this journey. They could do whatever they wanted to me. See, yeah. to me, that could be the guitar from any track on this album. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the lyrics from any track on this album, except for obviously those three standouts. Right. Um, it is just. <laughs> I used to, I used to think about. I I, I didn't have a, a terribly long period of my life where I drank a ton, but I had the wherewithal in in the brief period of my life where I was drunk with some consistency to realize that part of the reason people like. <laughs> uh, worship the porcelain god aside from being sick is like in the bathroom when you're in the bathroom you can feel the tile and you you know like that's down but if you get into your, a bed or some kind of soft situation you start to get the spins and you feel like you don't know which direction anything you're not is routed. You're right not, yeah, yeah. You, there's no grounding yeah. and that's what this music feels like not in a bad sort of sick drunk way but in a in a really lovely comforting way of mm -hmm. just like it just it just does not matter just keep playing yeah just keep playing i know that you will land me comfortably yeah at some point yeah <laughs> yeah so rock is the porcelain you are, god you're you are in the hands of a good pilot <laughs> also hi uh let me just say hydration you should drink 
Yes, yes. If you want to just anyway, it's um, a lesson I learned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 but yeah, well, porcelain god is rock music. The cold, cruel tile. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely guitar. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's guiding. It's like this versus is the, the what's bed spins happening. Right, <laughs> the right. bed spins of jazz, <laughs> which I think a lot of it's kind of can sound like bed spins, and I totally get that. It, yeah. It's a different kind of music that, that takes you on a different kind of journey. Yeah. Um, and and it's one that you have to kind of go along for the ride. Right. But that's to me the joy of it and it is again a self-perpetuating thing because jazz is all about improvisation yeah. and being in that moment yeah. and, and starting from a structure you know the improv comedy structure yep you 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 have one that you hang your scene on yeah the chords and melody of a jazz tune serve that purpose and then the individual musicians kind of determine what that is what how they do structure it? it and what they do with it yeah um, beautiful comparison yeah. yeah so that 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 that's what it's all about so that rewards spontaneity that rewards letting go yeah there are more the rewards just jumping into the stream and letting the flow take you so i feel like the jazz ends up being very participatory because it really not demands but encourages and coaxes the listener to also dive in and just let go of it yeah so we met in an improv comedy context and so it's real it's relevant to talk about yeah in, in regard to jazz and and i think Very. i think the the risk reward is identical obviously i'm not breaking any ground here this is you know jazz is improv yep. but but when you talk about improv comedy the the if you if you can maintain the stru if you can have the structure be innate Mm. the greatest comedy will come from when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, which allows you to express a sort of universal truth yeah. that is sort of aimed at comedy. Well, maybe not even aimed at comedy. It's aimed at truth. Yes. And it ends up being funny because it is universal, right? The thing that is funny is the audience identifying with the truth that you have been vulnerable enough to reveal, Okay. Beautiful. And, right. And 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 I think that's the exact same thing with jazz. Yeah. Right. You have a jazz standard which gives you the structure, and the audience is rewarded if those if those musicians are allowing themselves to be vulnerable enough to reveal a kind of a truth. Now it's more poetic with yeah. music. It's more abstract. It's, it's right yeah. because it's a more abstract thing naturally mm. because it's tones and sounds instead of words and actions. Yeah. But it's exactly the same fundamentally. I was listening to uh, Broken Record, great podcast reference. So it's Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell do a music podcast, and it's fabulous. Uh, where wow. they they interview you know famous musicians, and I was listening to T Bone Burnett this morning. I haven't finished the episode, but he said something that I had never heard before, and he said melody is coded inflection. Hmm. And so you know to kind of tell get, me more. So that means that we talk, and when we talk, there's a certain cadence to our speech. Absolutely. Uh, we speak in melody. We speak in melody. If, if we're speaking effectively. Or again, you know, so imagine melody being a, a kind of inflection that is, in, he said coded, but I think that, you know, like abstracted yeah. is probably a way to describe it. And yes. that a good melody matches human speech or something that we consider a natural phrasing. Right. Um, but is kind of simplified rarefied reduced like what's the right way to describe what music does to emotion i i feel i've always thought about it like a reduction 
you know, you have balsamic vinegar, which yeah. is spoken language, and then you have a thick vinegar reduction that like is that thing that you know, but like it's it powerful and more coated, but yes, less subtle. Yeah, um, but it's I, not because music can be subtle. Like, what? How do you describe? I I'm close to what you're describing. It feels like it uh, is putting it in a sort of a primal level of communication. Lizard brain. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just was resonating by what you said in, in terms of you know like relating music improv yep. to comedy improv yeah. and how you have the phrasing of the musician over the structure of the you know the the of the song to bring that human element and that human spontaneity and and be the ultimate expression of music without words right right <laughs> um which gets back to why i love that so much of this is in portuguese because i'm disengaged i don't need to worry about what's being said yeah it's coming through to me in a different way let it come at you. Yeah. Let it wash over you yeah. and go along for the ride and know that you'll be taken care of. Yeah. And that I like how you de- described it as like the, the audience is taken care of knowing that the you, you musicians are going to take them in a good direction. Yeah. The in, in jazz, the audience is also taken care of if they are an astute enough listener to hear the structure of the song. Because mm-hmm. the structure of the song stays underneath. Mm-hmm. Um so that that's like the comfortable home base for the listener to at least feel like, okay, I know where I am right. as a listener. That gets back to what we were talking about before about that sort of presentation and that's that stage, that wrapping. Yeah. That's the reassurance that allows you to be comfortable as we go on these sort of strange departures. Yes. Which makes it tough, I think, sometimes for people to get into a lot of what Coltrane does because I think he ignores a little bit of that. He Or refuses those those yeah, little... Yeah, pushes against them. The checks in with home base. To, yeah, I happen to really like that about Coltrane, but I get that that becomes a real abrasive thing about him. Yeah, it's like several steps down the way. Right. Once you're used to a certain level of tolerance of, of that misdirection, which with just this album demonstrates, as right. we talked about, then you kind of get used to more and more of it. And I think I'm only into that that piece, that part of Coltrane, because of Favorite Things, which doesn't have that. Favorite Things sits on that same kind of stage that we're talking about. And you know Favorite Things, they're like the back of your hand. Yes. So even if you get lost in Coltrane's solo and you don't where you know where you are anymore, you know you'll get holding. He always returns back to it before, the, yeah. before his saxophone... Uh, hands off to the piano or whatever it is, they, they return to that yeah. sort of establishment. That's what we're talking about. That's the reassurance. And this Samba Bossa Nova stuff, especially on this album, but more or less through almost all of it, yeah, kind of has that really consistently. So it's a really low level of difficulty uh, entry to this sort of more adventurous jazz stuff. But it's still there. It's still there. Yeah. What are you smiling at? We've done it. Yeah. We've talked over an hour about Gets Gilberto. <laughs> I felt this is the one. I've no, I'm we're not gonna, This one we're going to keep. <laughs> this is the one we'll do under an hour. I've never been worried about that because I figure <laughs> we're going to do an hour anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is a great adventure. Please, Please go listen in. to it again. This yeah. is one I will continue to listen to. Brew yourself a cup of, of Dell's coffee. Yes. Uh, and uh, our friend Dell, who who Peter mentioned before, is brewing yep. some coffee and, and uh, should be available fairly soon. 
and it's and a, spend a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning with some uh, Brazilian samba, bossa nova, certainly, uh, preferably, gets Gilberto. And then when the clock strikes noon, you move to, what are, what are they called? Caipirinhas. Caipirinhas. <laughs> probably mispronouncing that uh, more and more as we continue with them. But it, yeah, it, it's a joy. I love it. I am just a mere Padawan to the Master Jedi oh, of these I'd musicians. Say, I, I, I think that's far from the truth. I think you gave us an education tonight. And hey, we made it. We're at episode nine. There <laughs> episode was, nine. We have one more to go. The to, album of albums. To round out our first season of Record Time. Yeah. After which we'll take a little bit of a breather and kind yep. of like regroup and reassess. Yep. And uh, great ideas for season two. But yes. we've got one more album to do. We're going to be getting back together as soon as we can to get to the album that more than one friend of mine, when I described this project, asked if we were starting with this album. And you suggested originally uh, that right. we start right. with this album. Right, which probably was... Uh, uh, too much too soon and i'm glad we saved it for the end yeah uh this in a lot of people's opinions is the record of all records interesting right i didn't yeah i guess it is yeah i guess it is exile on main street one of my favorite albums by one of my favorite bands by the rolling stones i mean you you look at uh Few catalogs rival the Rolling Stones catalog, and few albums within that catalog uh, get anywhere near uh, Exile on Main Street. I mean, uh, Liz Fair spent an entire album just literally responding to it. Yeah. So we'll probably have to talk about that a little bit as well. All right, I'll put up on that love too. love Exile on Main Street. Um, it is such a blast. And if you uh, want some companion audiobook listening, I highly recommend Keith Richards' memoir, Life. Oh, man. It is. I've listened to it twice. Yeah. I may listen to it again uh, in prep for this album. I will at least listen to the section about Exile on Main Street because it is ridiculous impressive one of the craziest rock and roll stories um i mean keith richards is like he was just everywhere he was at every important moment in rock history except (laughs) which he elected not to to do um We're, we're it's funny you mention that because t- today the news came out that Woodstock 50 is canceled. So sad, but yeah. yet the Stones are touring. Right. The well, Stones. Oh, no, I don't think they are. I think. Oh, because of Mick's, Mick. Right. Uh, yeah. Mick had to bail on that. But how can we do this and not talk about the Rolling Stones? Like we just have to get to it. Like seasons yep. two and three and possibly beyond a record time are you know going to go a little bit, you know, not farther afield, but uh, into realms where you can't. We're not. We're gonna have to curate albums differently. Yes. So I'm very glad that we got a Stones record in there. Yeah. And I'm very glad we got this one. It's the perfect season closer. It's a big, huge party record. It's got everything going for it. It's huge and sprawling. It's going to be a stupid two-hour episode. I don't know. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out what the hell kind of drink we're going to pair with it. We'll spend some time with that. It's got to be heroin. (laughs) You have to pair this with heroin. Oh, my God. The good shit. I really did not realize what I was signing up for with season one of Record So maybe it'll be longer than two hours. We are so, (laughs) so grateful to you all for hanging in with us uh, for hour and a half after hour and a half. (laughs) Uh, We're going to leave you uh, this episode with a cover of Sodanso Samba which was really uh, chosen, I think, primarily for the fact that I had to memorize the the smallest amount of Portuguese. Good strategy. (laughs) Um, But we were excited to do it. Um, And then uh, we will be back as soon as we can with Exile on Main Street. Yes. Um, 
and uh, we're just grateful to have you. Uh, once again, at Record Time Pod, Facebook.com slash Record Time Podcast, and uh, 937 Pete Tim. Uh, those are the ways that you can get in touch with us, and we would love for you to do so. Please do. Uh, I'm Tim. Pete. This is Record Time. We'll talk to you soon. So dance, so samba, so dance, so samba. Bye, 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 bye. So dance, so samba, so dance, so samba. Bye. So dance, so samba, so dance, so samba. Bye, 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 bye. So dance, so samba, so dance, so samba. Bye. Ya danceo, twistate de mais Mas não sei, me canseio Do calypso, ta 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 So danço samba, so danço samba Vai, 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 vai So danço samba, so danço samba Vai So ta ta ta. So dance, so samba. So dance, so samba. Bye 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 bye. So dance, so samba. So dance, so samba. Bye.